I am interviewing Lubbock business owner Amy Grisham on today's episode. After Amy's kids were born, she made the decision to become a stay-at-home mom. But once they graduated high school, she opened up a Lubbock favorite, Madge Boutique. Amy and I talk about the highs and lows of raising teen daughters and how she is proof that it's never too late to reinvent yourself and chase after dreams. Welcome to Moms in the Hub podcast, the one and only podcast for Lubbock moms. I share mom fails, discuss trending mom topics, and highlight amazing parents in the 806. So grab a drink and join me as we navigate motherhood in the Hub City. Make sure to leave a review and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Hello, I'm your host, Danae Hooks. I'm an author, speaker, Love It Moms contributor, and chaos coordinator to three amazing kids. Happy Monday morning. I'm so glad that you're back for Moms in the Hub podcast. I just want to say how much I appreciate our followers and listeners because the last episode I had with Michelle Bates, it hit in the top 25% of all podcasts. So we had amazing numbers and I'm super excited and we couldn't have done it without our amazing listeners. Um, it's definitely a Monday. I've got one sick kid, one kid, um, going to an appointment today. And my husband of course is out of town, but so crazy schedule today. I do want to say that Amy and I talk about, you know, raising teens and the different things they have to go through this day and age that we didn't have to go through. And it's a lot scarier times in my opinion, but, um, speaking of scarier times, my husband has been traveling back and forth to Houston um, because he's over that their branch there in Houston, and he was actually at Love Field last week whenever the shooting occurred. Thankfully, his flight had just landed, and they were still on the plane, and word came in to the pilot that there was a possible shooter, um, active shooter in the airport. So they had them stay on the plane, which of course is the safest place that he could have been, but he texted and said, Hey, I landed in Dallas, but there's a possible active shooter. So we're on the plane. I'm safe. Everything's okay. And of course, I'm over here just worried and trying to find stuff on the news. And it was happening in real time. So nothing was on the news yet. But once I guess they resolved, they got the shooter. He was able to get off the airplane and um, go into the airport. But he said it was chaos because you could tell that people had just left their food and ran, left their bags and ran. So it was just a really weird, you know, it was just a really weird time for him whenever he got there. But once he got there, they had everybody evacuate the airport because I guess when the shooter came in, people, you know, panicked and just started running. So some people ran through security that didn't go through security. So they had to all leave the airport and come back in. So I think 3,000 people had to go back through security. A lot of the flights were canceled. Um, planes were grounded for a while, but luckily my husband's flight was at a later time, or they actually rescheduled it for a later time. So um, he was getting on the plane, and then they realized that some people had ran on the plane during the chaos, and they had to recheck his plane. Needless to say, it was a very long day for him. He finally made it to his destination, but it, it was scary. I mean, thank goodness he was on the plane, but... You know, you just, it was way too close to home and you, these things are happening all the time and you don't know where it's going to happen. 
Um, he's still flying today. He had to fly out. And so you just get nervous because you don't know where the next place is going to be. But, you know, it's a lesson to tell our kids to always be aware of your surrounding, what's going on, and kind of have a plan. And I've had this discussion with my kids before, I mean, multiple times, and it, it scares them, but this is the reality that we have to have these conversations and, you know, make sure that they're prepared for anything. So yeah, raising teens, that's what we talk about today. We are definitely raising them in a way different time than what that what we grew up in. So Amy and I have a really good discussion. And if you have any feedback on things that worked when you were raising kids or books that you read or advice that you got, please email me at podcasts at love it moms. I would love to hear it and be able to share it with our listeners. Enjoy this episode. Do you play golf or want to donate to a good cause? On October 17th, we are hosting the Hannah's Hope Golf Tournament at Hillcrest Country Club. All proceeds will be donated to Rett Syndrome Research in honor of Hannah Hope. You or your business can buy a sponsorship, put together a team, or sponsor one of the 18 holes. We thank you for your support and look forward to seeing you on October 17th. Welcome back to Moms in the Hub podcast. Today I have Amy Grisham. Hello, Amy. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. First, let's start off with an introduction. Tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do as a career and also as a mom. Okie doke. I'm um, 53 years old. I've lived in Lubbock for almost 18 years this time. And at this point in my life, my career is I own a clothing store, Match. And we're about to celebrate our third year. I'm the mom of two beautiful girls, May, who is 23, and Anna Jane is 21. Match Boutique, is that how you say it correct? Mm -hmm. Because I I drive by it every day. It's really close to here. Yes. How did you come up with that name? Kind of tell us the story behind starting the boutique. Okay. Um, Well, the name is actually named after my daughters, May and Anna Jane. Okay. And... um, Pretty much from the time we decided to have children, we made the decision that I would be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And I you know, was an equal breadwinner in our relationship. We were married for over three years before we had our first daughter. And um, you know, the struggles and things like that of, of, of that choice, you're not have as much liquid assets as you'd like. And But uh, you know, I felt like it was the best decision for our family. Mm-hmm. Um, as the girls got older and went on to school, I um, started working in a, a clothing store. My career before that was in event coordinating, and um, I did, I actually, before I was married, I was George Bush's um, event coordinator when he was governor. Oh, how fun. And I loved, it was incredible, super busy, you work a ton and things like that, but it was a really rewarding career for me. But I I just, a friend was opening a store, I started working for her and fell in love with it. Just more of the relationships, helping people. It was um, a store that um, kind of catered to pregnant women and then after a mom store. So it was fun to help people. I just worked maybe like 15 hours a week, um, trying to be as present with my girls. And really, my family encouraged me. It was something I just fell in love with that when our last one, Anna Jane, um, her senior year at that Christmas, they gave me a new laptop. And they were like, okay, mom, this is not for Shutterfly books and stuff mm-hmm. like that. This is for you to start your career. And so they kind of pushed me um, to open my own store, which had been kind of a secret dream, scared to death. Yeah. Um, I was approaching 50 and 
had no idea how much our house payment was. I'd fallen into just letting my husband do all that and, you know, predominantly focusing on the girls. And um, I was terrified. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I can't do this. And they were like, yeah, you can. So by January, I had a business plan worked out and um, went and got a loan at a bank that wasn't our normal bank because it was one of my friends and I knew that I could call her at two in the morning if I was freaking out about something (laughs) and so um in August I opened Madge at the age of 50. Oh wow I I absolutely love that story because I have been a stay-at-home mom and like you I recently was like I need to know about our finances more, in mm-hmm. case, especially in case something were to happen. Exactly. But I love that you can reinvent yourself at any age. And that that hasn't always been the case. I feel like that's not, not something that we've talked about before. But you hear stories like this all the time of all these people who started later in life and had huge success. And they were living their dreams, what they wanted to do. Absolutely. And I feel like that was something that also inspired my daughters because they gave me the courage. My family, I couldn't have done this. It makes them kind of get teary-eyed because just that they had so much belief in me when sometimes you kind of feel a little insecure about yourself. And your role has been a mom, which to me is the most incredible, most important. Um, I feel like a lot of times we devalue being a, what being a mom being even a stay-at-home mom yeah. taking pride in your laundry that your house is clean or maybe it's a mess or that you've done the extra stuff and you have you know the place the kids all want to come and those things are are important right. just as careers are and um you know but you lose a little bit of your confidence to be engaged back into that world mm-hmm. and i feel like you know for me it was also a life lesson for them that yeah. You gave me the, the, the confidence, but also, see, we can do it. And that uh, on our first year anniversary at Madge, that was my whole um, theme was it's never too late to live your dream. And the dream is still alive and well, and well in America. Yeah. Don't let people think that you can't because we're in bad economical times or whatever. We also, you know, have the support of, of our friends and then people realize that this is a small business and things like that. So... It's been it's been really incredible, just kind of full circle of not even knowing the impact it would make on others or how I would feel so overwhelmed of mm-hmm. thankfulness. Right, and you've, I'm sure you feel fulfilled. One thousand percent. When you were saying you lack confidence and stuff, you're, it's right when you're at home and you're doing all the things that moms do on a daily basis. It's scary to go back out and start a career because you feel like you're maybe behind the times. I know I feel like that all the time. Yes, I've, I mean. I feel like I'm kind of a savvy businesswoman. I mean, I feel very in control of, you know, our finances, my finances, the thing, mm-hmm. the way that we run things. I've got a bookkeeper, but I mean, I'm always questioning things and wanting to know more information and things like that. So, right. and you've been able to have the best of both worlds, raising your daughters and then now living your dream of owning a boutique. You know, and I'm so thankful for to my husband because he did really value that as well and even though we had I mean it was not easy it was not easy at all and it he he saw the importance of it sometimes to a downfall of our marriage because I would focus so much on our kids and he was trying to build a business and you know and I was I'm a very extra person in Uh everything I do and so some attention that he'd always received kind of came more to the girls and and I'm like you're fine you're an adult I will come back and check on you later but (laughs) you know I mean it's just those things but he 
he no matter what at the end of the day he was so supportive of me and so many things and I am truly just thankful so much for him yeah well it's good to have a partner that supports you and encourages you for sure that makes all the difference now what year did you open um I opened in 2019 so right before the pandemic Correct. So how was that adjustment for your business? It was different. Um, you know, we're a smaller store, and I like that intimacy. I, I kind of, you know, had that in my mind that I wanted it that size. You know, we closed a little bit early than earlier than what we were, like, regard. You know, we, when they put the regulations, like, everybody had to close. We went ahead and closed because at the time, you know, we had no idea this would go on for as long as it did. Right. And I was trying to be respectful of my staff and mm -hmm. things like that. But honestly, again, the outpour of support, we, um, it was pretty much me working, but I would go up there every day. We have these funny little wine glasses that say, you know, just like funny little sayings. Some of them were kind of have curse words on them. <laughs> and we kind of did a little thing where people started, we were doing drop off gifts. Uh -huh. So moms were kind of sending these to friends and each other oh, and back nice. and forth. And we did that. And we, you know, had people doing just, just buying things online and yeah. doing some gift certificates. It kept us alive. I mean, thankfully my staff is mainly just moms who want to get out and work a little bit, but not full-time or anything like that and they were fine to stay home so it somehow I've just it for me it was best of both worlds because I was just starting out I didn't have this amazing you know overwhelming overhead or anything like that right. and we just muddled through mm -hmm. um I worked every day at the store changing stuff around going maybe in a couple of weeks we'll open just being yeah. ready for when we did and things like that but it 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 was a sweet time with my family. Yeah. Um, I, I was never thought that I would have both my girls home again for that extended period of time. Um, although it was, there was things hard for them. I mean, that can be a whole nother segment mm -hmm. about just the the life changes and the mental strifes of everyone during that time. But honestly, my husband and I both feel like we it was a a, a good a little sweet time for us. Right. I mean, it definitely was just stolen moments we didn't ever think we would get and um i just kind of worked half days and did those things and would run up there and but we made it through and again we live in a wonderful community that supports people's dreams which are small businesses and new mm -hmm. people were struggling and we made it through and i'm really thankful yeah i feel like lubbock definitely loves to support local and they love like your boutique like mm -hmm. they want to go shops shop in a smaller boutique type location or support local people local businesses and dreams lubbock is very very good about that it's a it's a big town but it's a small town still where everybody's supportive of everybody it, it really is we're so fortunate and i love what you said about getting these moments with your daughters that you didn't think you would get again because when they're 18 and they go off into the world on their own you don't ever imagine they're going to come home and you're going to get those moments. So mm -hmm. that is special that y'all got to have that time together. Absolutely. I tell all my friends who, when they're college students, you know, their, their freshman year, you drop them off and you're really sad. And I'm like, that's not actually the sad time. The sad time is when they've been home for Christmas. And then, you know, you usually get about three or four weeks with them and then they get in their car to leave or you take them back and you realize this is actually how it's always going to be. Oh my God. I'm going to start crying <laughs> just hearing that. Like my son just turned 13 and I'm already dreading the day that he goes off to college I because I want him to live across the street from me for the rest of his life. I'll take care of his kids. I'll do whatever. Yeah, we'll do his laundry. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I'll make all his bills. <laughs> yeah. So one of the reasons I have you on today is we are doing this real talk series 
you raise teens, and I know when we met that you said that it was a crazy time when you were raising your daughters, especially with daughters, I'm sure. Yes. So I want to talk to you a little bit about kind of getting through that and some questions that our listeners have actually sent in. Uh, your daughters, you said, are 20? They're 23 and 21. They're actually 22 months apart. Okay. And they could not be more different. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I guess that's kind of a good thing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it. they look, one's got blonde hair and one has dark curly hair. It's their... They're polar opposites, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So are they in college right now? Or are they um, My oldest working? has graduated from the University of Oklahoma, and she's in occupational therapy school in Florida. Okay. And then my youngest is starting her senior year at Tech. Okay, so you have one here. Yes. And then one way far off. <laughs> yes. The one here I probably see least. Oh, really? That's funny. That's funny. She's our very independent one. Okay. So a couple of questions talk a little bit about the time when they were teenagers like some challenges they all went through and kind of how y'all made it to the other side well definitely those years are hard um I feel like the dynamics you know I've always said you're kind of born I mean when your children are born they have their own personalities they Mm -hmm. are who they are and as parents we're just trying our best to kind of negate them through life and have them turn out to be responsible, caring adults. Right. Um, so for us, I mean, we we had all kinds. Of, I mean, my oldest definitely is the epitome of the first child. She puts a lot of pressure on herself, um, you know, has to kind of be perfect and things like that. And, and somewhat was easy. Her hard things were more just mental things that I worry about you know for me just putting pressure on herself and then my youngest daughter um she has dyslexia Mm -hmm. and those those things presented themselves differently as far as like I guess confidence Mm -hmm. her confidence and um as we got into high school it's just kind of finding their place in their group and um my oldest daughter like had a really great group my younger one had really good friends but so i think that gives you you know you all i feel like you or you feel like you're the same parent but for each child you have to completely parent different right just be through their trials and tribulations and things like that for us we really tried to keep the girls really busy mm-hmm. with activities because that also invokes confidence and makes them feel you know gives them a sense of self-worth outside of just school but um I'm trying to think of just like one specific thing. I mean, we had tragedy. One of our dear family friends, um, you know, we had a death of mm-hmm. someone that was my oldest daughter's age that we took to school every day. Oh, wow. It was a, it was by suicide, and um, that was something that was really, really traumatic for our family, really hard. Um, I think also, you know, I've got one daughter. I mean, it, it depends on the day about them, like, opening up. Right, yeah. And I feel like a lot of times it's it's harder to talk about really hard things that they're going through. Sometimes they really don't open up. They will tell you things about it, but they don't they don't even have the capability to voice a lot of the emotion because that is such a time of just the hormone changes mm-hmm. and all different things, and they just can wake up that day feeling a certain way and not even be able to name the reason why. Right. And I feel like I don't again I don't know if I have a specific thing, but. For me, you know, you're physically exhausted with your young, with your kids are younger and mm-hmm. they get older. You know, you've got to be mentally prepared every day to think you don't know what's going to come at you and what they've been, what's come at them that day. Right. And I feel like even 
you know, you guys have a harder road with social media and all of these things that they're attack. They're, I mean, I feel like we're in a warfare. I mean, it's an attack on their self-esteem, their confidence. They're engaging with friends and trying to build relationships that are meaningful and be present and engaged and how to do that. I mean, it's just, it's a whole new, you know, environment that we're trying to learn about. And I don't know, for me, just keeping the door open, always asking questions, um, following your mother's intuition. When you feel like something's weird, Mm -hmm. it probably is weird. Right. You know, and again, they may not be able to talk about it today, but doesn't mean tomorrow they won't. Um, So always be like open to listening. Open, always. I mean, and you may hear things you don't want to hear and be struck with, you know, some situations that you don't even know what to say, how to react, how to even parent them through. I mean, and and that's, you know, something that we've always kind of remained honest Mm -hmm. about things. Um, I know, I don't know even where I learned this or heard this one time, but um, our kids are so bogged down with so much. And someone had put it into reference that, you know, you're not going to give them a, a... a bag filled with encyclopedias that's so heavy that they can't carry. Right. Same with information. So much is coming at them that they, you know, yeah, they can hear about it and learn about it or watch this show or, but that doesn't mean that they're ready to like immerse themselves in that information. Right. Those are the things that kind of come at them when you don't even know. Yeah. And especially through the telephone. Like I said earlier, Hudson just turned 13, and so we he doesn't have an iPhone. We won't allow that till he's 14 mm-hmm. because the information that's coming in. And like you said earlier, I love how you said you're physically exhausted when they're younger because that's so true. But whenever they get to the teenage years, it's mental Mentally. because you have to be strong for whatever's coming at you. Things have already come at him that I am shocked that yeah. at the time he was 12 that this was even being discussed among 12-year-olds. And a lot of it has to do with the phone and technology mm-hmm. and our access to so much information that they aren't ready for or mature mm-hmm. enough to handle at that age. Not at all. And that's the thing is even just worrying mentally. I mean, constantly, like, you know, you wake up in the night and you're saying all your prayers, trying to just think about how you're going to help them and girls struggling about all these different issues but it, it's it's with boys it's 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 the same i mean it's yeah. it's so many different things that as parents you're also like okay how, how do i even explain this to them right. after they've already heard this information you know i mean with girls there's lots of drama i'm sure mm-hmm. but your daughters were in different groups so they probably didn't have a lot of drama with each other but with their groups Honestly, they kind of had some drama with each other. They they're, again, they're just um, their personalities are so different. I mean, we still struggle with it today mm-hmm. of just acceptance of just a different thought process that, right. that both of them have. And you know, it seems like they have tolerance at different times, and they can't meet in the middle. So that always, I mean, I can remember picking them up from school and being so excited, and then they're fighting. And I mean, I've <laughs> dropped them on the side of the road about you know. 10 blocks from our house and I'm like y'all can walk home and I had neighbors calling <laughs> saying I'm picking up I'm like oh no no they're okay they're safe they're in our neighborhood but yeah there's drama I mean I have drama right. in my life I mean and I feel like we I kind of always try to downplay it a little bit like oh, okay you know there's gonna always be these situations you're gonna always deal with it and what have you done are you engaging in that are you you know kind of take it back 
onto them a little bit. Right. Their own responsibility mm-hmm. for their actions. Yeah. And I think, again, it's just keeping that line of communication and just letting them know that these are all things that they're supposed to kind of go through mm-hmm. while we're still here with them to guide them and help them and do the best we can to give them, you know, some kind of insight again, the best that we can. Right. So, you know, you don't have to be perfect. You're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes, weird stuff, bad stuff could happen. Hopefully not too bad, but at least you're still here with us. And I think that is what's so important is just trying to keep that open line of communication of always talking of always just being ready you know to just engage in whatever they have to say yeah because yeah because you don't want it to not be an open door where they're like I can't go to my mom about this so I'm just going to hold it inside and you kind of have to be realistic I mean yeah. your kids are probably going to drink in high school if you make it I've just seen just from some other of my friends that it's like oh no we're not doing this oh no we're not doing that okay well that's setting them up to fail because if it happens they don't feel like they can talk to you and right. I'm not saying we're promoting it but at the same time you know it's going to be something that they're faced with right and Drugs and all kinds of things. All kinds of terrible things. I feel like it's going to be even worse going forward just because of everything that we have access to. I'm way not perfect and far from perfect or a perfect parent or anything like that. And I mean, we all do the best we can, but I know we've screwed them up somehow. (laughs) I mean, I, I think for me, it just always, and my husband, we just really felt like just trying to keep things open and you know, and explain. And they were, they honestly are, were way better than my husband and I were growing up. I mean, you know, so I feel thankful that, but it was a different time. Things weren't as scary. I mean, you know, there's just safety issues and yeah, absolutely. I think my oldest, he, he's really well behaved. And the only thing we have to deal with sometimes is like moodiness. And, but I feel like my youngest, if she takes after me, she does take after me. And I was a wild child in high school. So I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I hope she doesn't take after me and all that I did. But at least you kind of like, you already kind of know some of the tricks. So you know what to look for. Yeah. And my mom was, I was very open with my mother to this day. I'm still very close Mm -hmm. to her. And I remember having friends who could not tell their parents things and they got into some serious trouble. And I remember telling my mom some shocking things and the expression on her face, however, it was like, yes, I'm open to hearing what you have to say because we can work through it together. I can't help you if I don't know what's going on. That's right. So I appreciate that. And her. that is the whole thing is that it's not, at that point, you're going to you're gonna parent, mm-hmm. but you also are open to hearing these things. I right. mean, because this is, we're here to help you. We're not here to beat you down. We're on your team. And, you know, there is sometimes when you're going through some things that they don't feel that way, but... You know, reiterating that over and over is something that I feel like is beneficial to to both of you to hear that almost. Well, that kind of brings me to my next question because I had several people ask, how do you parent without, first of all, being a friend, but kind of keep it where they, they feel like they can come to you, but you're still, you still have that parental role that, you know, keep that boundary. (laughs) And that was, I actually asked both of my daughters that last night because I was thinking about this question because... In my mind, I felt like I kind of did a great job of that. Um, You know, we were always not like super strict, but there was just things that were understood. I mean, we still have some rules. I mean, this R1 that's 21, we're, you know, no tattoos until you're off our payroll because she thinks (laughs) she wants one. You know, there's just things that we've always done that. Um, And I think a lot of it, too, is just there is somewhat of like a higher expectation Uh that we have that. Um, 
and we were strict i mean again following your mother's intuition you know things you feel weird about i mean i remember not letting one of them go to their best friend's birthday one time because they were driving and leaving late at night and i was like ah, i just don't feel good about that and yeah it was kind of a hard thing but i think you know you can be close and as they do get older and especially mine being the age they are now we're definitely more on that friend but advice is still given sometimes from them to me you know right, yeah. and but i think you still stay true to the guidelines in your mind as far as being a parent that you need to do with and you can still have that friend i'm not you know i've, I've told a lot of my friends too you know you don't be don't be sad to be the Uber for everybody. Yeah. Because that's when you hear, you can just be driving and you hear all the conversations. Be the house that has all the snacks and the drinks so that everyone comes there. To just be, you don't have to say anything, but just kind of have a welcoming atmosphere. Mm-hmm. That's to me was kind of being like the friend. Not necessarily I'm going to go out and hang out with them. or I mean, I can remember... You know, by eighth or ninth grade, everybody wanted to go to Jab Fest. And I mean, I remember like some moms kind of doing some crazy things. And I'm yeah. like, that's kind of overstepping right. friend to parent. Yeah. You know, and leading by example uh, of kind of, you know, your of the things that your morals and things like that. But I, I still feel like we were always friends. Yeah. But the line was never crossed that. I'm just your friend. Right. I mean, you still were the authority. You still had rules, guidelines, you know, expectations that you held for your kids. You're right. You can have a welcoming home. This can be the place where everybody comes to hang out, but you still have a, a level of respect mm-hmm. and authority there. Where And, and I think kids that, like friends of your daughters, probably respect you and know that they are being at your house they know what rules need to be followed right exactly but they're comfortable and they know they're safe it's a safe place for them to be mm-hmm. they know what to expect and they know what's expected of them as well and i had my husband who was the heavy <laughs> if he had to get involved <laughs> so okay so he was bad cop you were good cop <laughs> i mean when he needed to be a lot yeah. of times the girls would go to him about some stuff too i mean you know He's very tender with his daughters. He loves them very much. They hunt and fish with their daddy and have some really fun times. But, you know, when things have ever got kind of out of control, I mean, he could come out and be like, you know, what the heck is going on here? And he's he's got a pretty good voice on him. So (laughs) he he definitely has a very tender side to him as well, which is, I think, a sweet thing, especially for girls to have with their dad. Absolutely. For sure. I see that in my husband having two daughters. It's like you get that more sensitive side because he was raised with boys. So yeah, for yeah. sure. I think they would probably say I was the more disciplinarian day to day. Yeah. Um, but he was always there. I if mean, you need someone to put the hammer down. Oh yeah. That he was your backup. He could that. say it one time and it was, yeah. you know, to my tent. <laughs> Let's talk freedom and privacy. Like, because, I mean, your daughters, I'm sure they had phones. Back, Mm -hmm. I didn't get my first phone until I was 18. So that never really, something like that was never an issue growing up with me. But I know going forward, it's definitely going to be an issue. How do you draw boundaries for them having those things? Well, okay. When I read that question, I was thinking, and this is just where I'm going to come from. I don't really feel like they have privacy right now. Yeah. Um, Freedom? Absolutely. Privacy? No. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, because to me, again, the phone has become such, I mean, an evil tool mm-hmm. um, that there's things that they're going to get involved in that they don't even realize that they have. 
And so I know for us, I mean, I'm not saying like you're over them constantly or the phone to me is nothing that they should feel like they, they can't share. Right. Like I can pick that phone up at any time, read it, look at it. That's mine. I mean, that's yes. my phone that you get to use. You know, freedom to me is, is a different, I think that that's important. I feel like as they've earned trust, you allow more freedoms. You know, here's what, you know, we're going to let you go to Adrenaline City. We're dropping you off with your friends. Or, I mean, right. things like that. Or, you know, you're going to hang out and go to this person's house and walk down the street or walk to Kiva Juice or things like that. You know, those things are, are part of being self-aware that mm-hmm. they need to learn to always, you know, kind of know what's going on around them and feel like they have a little bit of independence. Right. But as far as like, you know, I mean, in their room is a safe place. I'm not digging through their room or anything like that. But I don't know. I feel like between that time of, you know, 11 to 18, I don't really know if they are, need privacy that yeah. much. I mean, they can change their clothes if they want to. <laughs> but, I mean, we're kind of like here to make sure and oversee all the things. And right. Confidence is, is, is something that they will gain more from having some freedom mm-hmm. and learning responsibility with that, especially as you start getting into the years of driving and all of those things. And just having common courtesy to check in and let your parents know it's not because we I was always like, just let me know, you know, shoot me a text when you get here, especially when they were driving. Just mm-hmm. those little things so that we have like an open relationship of just common courtesy. Right. Absolutely. Because we have a role exactly with privacy with Hudson right now on his phone we can go pick up that phone at any time Mm -hmm. and read through it and check it just parents are afraid of that Mm -hmm. afraid to take the phone away if they haven't been doing what they should be doing right because it it cripples them socially you know if they don't have their phone that's their lifeline to their friends but that's our jobs um because you know I've heard of too many different stories I mean the predators are out there I mean they're on snapchat following your kids i mean it's scary it is scary you know and it's it's something that there's you know the technology is some things that we're not even going to understand but at the same time if there's something that they're feeling like they need to hide that's not a good thing yeah if there's something that they feel like they don't want us to see or know or whatever to me that's a red flag that something's going on that's not positive in their life and you know that they do need to talk about we need to engage in conversation we need to know you know what's happening i was talking with a therapist on the show once who unfortunately her job was to talk with people who had been trafficked that was who she counseled and she talked about how no secrets are good we can't keep secrets mm-hmm. right so i feel like that's like with privacy you're right if they're in your house you need to be aware of everything going on, but yet you can earn freedoms. Those are two completely different things. Absolutely. Um, but you do have to have a form of protection for your kids, and they may not understand it, but when they get older, of course they, they will. They will one day. Yeah, when they have their own kids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so um, speaking of trust, how they gained your trust where you would let them have more freedoms. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like at some point as teenagers, especially because you know they know everything, you had to gain their trust um i think definitely just you know keeping things close not i mean as women we like to visit with our friends and things like that and sometimes there's a lot of things that we don't need to share Mm -hmm. about our family or you know with others I, i mean i feel like 
there's been times I've probably have broken their trust of things I've done that probably weren't wasn't the right thing to do. But I think it's a two way street. I think they they know and I this is one thing when I talked to them yesterday and they just both said that we always felt like we could talk to you about anything and everything and you know, trust you one hundred percent even now, um, with anything that we'd ever have to say. And um I think it's just honestly being real and genuine and knowing that we're going to make mistakes. We're mm-hmm. going to mess up, that we're going to probably not do everything exactly the way that we're supposed to or whatever that means. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's just letting them know that we love them and that, that this is all the things that we want to help to be better. I want to be better. I want you to be better. My girls saw a funny story because, you know, they're like, oh, someone was like, did y'all ever sneak out? And they were always like, no, we would just ask my mom to drive us if there was anywhere we needed to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because I was like, you know, if you are going to do something, just let me know. And I know you want to go do this or something. But, yeah, you know, and I think that's a, a trust. And maybe... You know, my husband probably didn't know about all these little times and things that <laughs> happened. And sometimes he didn't need to. But, I mean, I think just trying to always be real, be open. Mm-hmm. Um, don't stop talking to your kids, even right. when sometimes it's really hard. Yeah. And you've got, like, a long silence because you're just kind of in two different worlds and trying to understand theirs, which a lot of times we maybe don't. Right. You know, there's things they would tell me would go on in the bathroom at the high school. And I'm like, what? I mean, you know, oh you're just gosh. like, what in the world has happened? And I don't, and it's, it's a scary world, but, yeah. but we're in a good place. And well, so like I, one of the person, the people that asked this, you know, she has bonus children and I know coming into the relationship you know you obviously want them to trust you but you also want them to like you Mm -hmm. so just letting them know like hey i love you you can tell me anything no matter what it is i just want you to be honest with me i'll still love you no matter what but just come to me and i'll come to you too and then seeing mistakes like i tell that all the time to hudson that you know i'm not perfect i make mistakes and whenever i do make a mistake the other day i said something out of line and he he completely I thought something went on that didn't, and he told me what happened, and then I apologized. Right. I was wrong. I made a mistake, and I think it's important for them to see that. Oh, too. yeah. Like, not, oh, I'm just authority, so whatever I say goes, or I'm never wrong. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I've lost my temper, mm-hmm. gone ballistic. I mean, not all the way understanding. But also, sometimes you're just like, what in the world have, has happened here? Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, because we've been teenagers, obviously, before, but not teenagers in this world. No. It's completely different. Mm-hmm. Is there any advice that you've gotten from other parents that that have helped with it? I read um, oh, what was something about the strong-willed child from my second. Oh yeah, daughter. somebody suggested that what one. That, for me. It's a really good book because um, it it is a wonderful gift to have. I mean, for someone to be strong-willed, but it's also it makes it a tough road. Right. And and for her, I mean, that's the thing. Kind of talking about both the girls separately. Um, you know, for my younger one. I mean, she's a black and white person. She will draw the line in the sand. I mean, she, you know, had a group, sat at the table with them at lunch and didn't think they were being very nice and got up and left and never went back, which makes things hard for her. But at the same time, I tried to say, but then you, but you did have somewhere else to sit. Yes. Which is positive, you know. And for my other daughter, just things being so black and white in her mind of things have to be a certain way and th- things like that. I guess it's just... 
I don't really know if I read a lot of books or had time at that moment. That's true, You're just, right. I, you know, and I know I have such great friends and we have all just kind of shared in our experiences and, you know, just gaining insight on, but I also know just having that camaraderie helps so much, mm-hmm. you know, cause I feel like we all are trying our best. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things that we, you know, could be having to take care of our parents also at the same time or certain things happen and and it's the stress sometimes comes on to our, our, our kiddos yeah. and we're not always the best parent that day. You know, yeah. I mean, we're, we're definitely have times where we're just like, I'm going to try to be better tomorrow. Yeah. I took a I lot of stuff I have more out. of those than not. Well, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I don't remember any, like, I probably should have read more books and well like you said you don't have time but you you created a village of people right it mm-hmm. takes a village to raise your kids so you have these other moms and women that are sharing in their experiences as well because we can give great advice we can also receive great advice from the group of people we choose to hang out with absolutely and so. lots of prayers yes absolutely yes oh my gosh i pray for the kids every single day oh yes it's there's just so, like you said, there's so many things going on right now. It's mm-hmm. scary. I mean, I'm still, I mean, it's if with a 21 and 23 year old. Well, yeah. I mean, there's still things you worry about. And you well, always they're not under will. the roof. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to have to look up the strong-willed child, do that one. I've heard that before. It was suggested to me because my youngest, my five-year-old is my strong, very strong-willed mm-hmm. child. And like you said, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be what, you know, takes her, carries her through life. But it's also a very hard road to navigate. It really is. Is that that was your second child? That was mm-hmm. your strong-willed. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's always the second or third one, right? Because yeah. the first yeah. one seems to be well-behaved. <laughs> I know they trick you. Yes, they do. <laughs> okay, let's talk a little bit about, especially with girls. I think with boys, it's probably less so, um, but teen drama mm-hmm. within the girl group. How do you? Because girls will literally not be friends with somebody one day because they're mad at them, and then the next day it's fine. So mean. Yeah. <laughs> Girls are so mean. They are. Yes. They really are. So how do you, what did you tell them during these moments of their life when it was, when they, there were mean girls or they, maybe they were the mean girl, you know, mm-hmm. what do you do? And I think that definitely again is kind of coming back to like, what did you, just trying to find out because there's three sides to every story. And I'm probably sometimes to a fault. I always was like, when something would happen is like, well, what'd you do? You know, I want to ask that first uh-huh. more than just like, oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. Cause my younger daughter likes to point that out to me that you're always like, I was the one. Why are you mom? This happened to me. Like be on my side. And I'm like, well, I want to see how we got there. <laughs> um, you know, the teen in it drama, whoo, it can be bad. I mean, and it's, it's, it's hurtful. There's times where things can be really, really cutting and do some damage long-term. I mean, right. Just, I don't know. Just again, I think our, our girls, just their confidence at this time and self-esteem is so volatile at, at this age from like 13 to 18. It just mm-hmm. really, and can continue, but again, always being able to talk about it. I don't know if I really have a, like a specific thing and it can occur probably once a week. I mean, yeah. just different things happening and this person acting the way and sometimes it's their very best friend and yeah. i mean i can remember my older daughter her and her best friend didn't talk for didn't have the relationship that they do now or before for almost two years oh wow just because there was some other girls involved you know yeah. and just you know and you kind of look at it and i tried to always kind of say that 
we don't know what that struggle of that other person is going through. This yeah. may not even actually be all about you. And unfortunately that they're, they're acting this way, but at the same time, you not need to not let this completely consume you, affect you. Cause that's either what they're wanting or they're not, they're oblivion to even knowing that that's what's happening. Cause I mean, I was like, you know, we don't know what their home, I mean, which we probably kind of did, but I mean, you know what, there, there's different struggles, but right. Yeah. And that, and a lot of it's about control. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I would say is that there's people that just want to be in control. When they don't feel in control, they're going to act out and do mean things to manipulate situations. Right. Um, again, hugs, hugging them. You know, it kind of gets harder and harder as they get into the teen years to tell them it's all going to be okay. That's when they're little. You can tell them that and they believe you. <laughs> when you get 13 and above, they're like, actually, no, this isn't going to all be okay. And you're yeah. like, I promise. And maybe like a year it will, but um, <laughs> for now it's going to be for hard. For now it's hard. Yeah. And this, you know, I think this also teaches life skills that, mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately they're going to probably deal with drama for the rest of their lives. Um, <clears throat> you know, you've got it just different people, different personalities. I think for for me, it was just trying to make them understand it's a, it's a bigger picture. Uh-huh. Um, these are the things you need to do. If you are being the mean one, you know, don't, you know how this feels to be on the other side of it. Right. Let's, let's not purposely hurt people. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's try to real, like, why are we acting this way? Why are you doing this? Is it just out of fun? Is it for a reason? Are you really upset about something else? Have you done something that upset this person? You know, and, and it is get hard, especially when you've got like a, you know, girls that are it's three, three best friends. I mean, it, that's a really hard thing to work through until they're about 16 years old. You know, it just, yeah. One day someone feels left out. Yeah, absolutely. I always tell my kids all the time, especially the girls, we're not going to get along with everybody. And that's mm-hmm. life. Like adults don't have to, you can be nice to people, you can be kind to people, but you may not, your personalities may not match up. Absolutely. And that whatever you're going through right now, because teen suicide and even younger than teen now is something that's always on my mind. And I want my kids to know like, at 16 years old you may think this is the worst thing possible in the world and you can't get through it but high school is just a blip college is just a blip and then you have the rest of your life and it's going to be better it really is and that's the thing that it is and we've been unfortunately had that affect our family Mm -hmm. several times and i would never thought that that would be the case and it is it's a real it's a real crisis i mean and trying to get these kids to realize there is hope and, and they have a lot coming at them, I mean, with relationships. But at the same time, it's like trying to teach them those life skills now, again, when they're under your roof, that these are things you're going to be dealing with for the rest of your life. Things right. will get somewhat easier, mm-hmm. maybe harder, yeah. but we're hoping easier. And that high school is such a short time. And you, I mean, we've just got to keep trying to trudge through that there's so much more hope than what they feel I think is being weighed down on them. Yeah. And you know, the drama is just is something I think that's gonna always be there for the for always. Especially Absolutely. with girls. Yeah, especially with girls. And and it is it's heartbreaking when it does affect your your child to where they're brought to tears or they feel less than or it's affecting their self esteem. It's affecting the you know, they may not even want to go to school to deal with those things. And it, you know, and sometimes you've got a group that someone can kind of manipulate how other people, they're afraid to do something or step out of line because that person may not want to be friends with them or be in the group and everyone's just trying to, 
you know, real to get to their spot. And, you know, I don't know if there's any real answer as far as like how to avoid or help. But I think, again, just the constant talking and just trying to encourage them to feel good about the person that they are. And and know that this is something that's just today, probably. Mm -hmm. We'll get through tomorrow. And that person probably has like a lot of problems. Right. And the only thing we really have control over is how we react to things. Mm -hmm. We don't have control over other people's stuff. Because like you said, there's probably something going on in that person's life. They're, They're either acting out or trying to gain control because um, their life could be spinning out of control. So most of the time it's not about you, it's about them, but we can choose how we react. And I think that's a huge lesson to teach our kids. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, I'm 40 years old. We still have drama. Oh, yeah. But I'm now at the age where it's like, okay, if this friendship's not serving me, um, then I can step away from it and be mm-hmm. just fine. Absolutely. And, and, I mean, and it's not to say that I haven't gotten upset with the girls about drama right you know i mean i can fall right in and be like oh my gosh are you kidding me (laughs) you know on certain days (laughs) yeah well you talk you said you were talking to your girls last night it seems like you have a good relationship now how is it now with your girls how's the dynamic changed now that they're not under your roof anymore i will definitely say every stage to me has been such a joy you know um I'm like I said before. I'm, I'm an extra person. I mean, when even when they were in high school, I'd decorate the door when it's back to school. I mean, just celebrate all the little things. Yeah. And being sad as a chapter closes, um, you know, you finish middle school. It's I mean, elementary school. It's such a sweet time. Mm-hmm. That time seems like a long period. Yeah. Um, you get to you know middle school, and it seems short, but it's still it's okay to mourn that than the high school. I mean, and that's why I tell all of my friends, you know, cried everything their senior year. (laughs) But honestly, when they get to high school, I mean, um, college, it's fun too. And, And you do have a different relationship with them. And each stage has been enjoyable. It's been a joy for me. Um, and now we are definitely more, like I said, on the friend, you know, still parenting through giving advice and things like that but it's just really fun to go and spend time with them um there's no greater joy for my husband and i than to do that and be Mm -hmm. able um you know just to go visit our daughter in florida and her show us around and all those things and Mm -hmm. we're all i mean i'm definitely very close with them i mean i talk to both of them at least once a day if not multiple times a day yeah and i think just you know, and sometimes you you don't always like sometimes the way they're acting. Or, right. You know, and they, and especially for girls, um, I noticed, you know, as they got a little older, especially with my older one, you know, coming back home for the summer, I mean, they're kind of bossing me now and telling me <laughs> yeah. some things. And I'm like, whoa, it's like two lionesses in the house. And so <laughs> that's kind of showing of a different dynamic, you yeah. know, of just things like that. But also kind of stepping back and going, hmm, she's growing. She's becoming so strong, independent, and I love this. You right. know, so it's, it's kind of those things that you have to kind of step back and think about for a minute and, and feel proud this mm-hmm. is, you know, the job that we want. And, I mean, I love being with my family. I mean, yeah. that's my favorite people. And I'm, I'm, I hope that it always continues to be that way. I know that as time goes on, our, our time together, you know, is fewer and far between, just yeah. as life is. But we'll always do everything to kind of 
spend time together. Right. You know, and, and they turn into the people they are. I've got one. My younger one is, you know, she's a super liberal and kind of the other way we're more conservative. And, right. You know, and it sparked in-depth conversations, some arguments, some things like that. But at the same time, I have to be proud that she's exploring things. And, yeah. you know, and, and she's her own person. She's her own person. And it comes from such an awesome, caring heart. Yeah. You know, so you never, you never know what the things that they take for an interest or, and it's like embracing that with also you trying to understand it. Right. So it's like, like you said, it's, that's good advice. Taking a step back, looking at the whole picture, like, Hey, I may not agree with them, but I'm proud that they're so passionate about this thing or that they've become this, this adult. Exactly. Because of the things y'all taught them and the environment you've created. So if somebody is listening who is like right in the middle of, you know, the hard teens right now, what is some advice you'd give them when they're in the well, trenches? I literally first want to say like, you, y'all, you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you care enough to listen to this podcast or, you know, want to be better, try to understand. I mean, you know, that's the thing is I feel like as parents, we're really hard on ourselves Mm -hmm. and it is, it's, you know, it's the hardest thing in the world. It's, we don't get a manual. I mean, yeah, it's given to anybody. I mean, if you have kids, you know, here you go, here's a baby, raise it. Um, and I, and I know I'm a very different parent than my parents were for me. There was things, you know, good and bad that I was like, I'm not doing that. I want to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's for me the the main thing is know that you're doing the best that you can do. Yeah, we're not perfect. We're gonna mess up. They're gonna blame us for some stuff, but it's okay. Yeah, you'll make it. <laughs> you know, and just ease up on yourself a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. try your best to be there for mentally. Be present mm-hmm. in a world where it's so hard to be present with the millions of distractions, everything. Just try to make this you know a time where they feel like you are present whether they may not be present either i mean um i think just trying to keep that as a constant that they know that like because i mean i feel like you know it's easy to kind of retreat during hard times and not want to engage in hard conversations or just a constant little tap 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 that you're hey i'm here and i'm not going away and you know we got to figure some stuff out. I don't know all the answers, but we'll keep trying until we kind of figure some things out. Right. I, I feel like there's been times where we wanted to have hard conversations, like especially about sex with talking to our kids. And my husband's like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to talk about that. And it's an uncomfortable subject, mm-hmm. obviously, but you have to have those hard conversations. You have to be ready to go in there and and give them some tools to work with Absolutely. about things that they're going to be experiencing all through their lives. Whether, I mean, if it's a hard conversation or not, you have to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Keep an open door always. Yeah. To think, hey, my kid's not drinking in high school. Yeah. I mean, it's just trying to be realistic and let them know this isn't something I'm promoting or that I want, but I know this is what's going to happen. Right. You know, hey, girls, we probably need to be on birth control. I don't yeah. think that's going to happen, but right we need to understand or you need to know i mean there's we've need to talk about condoms we need to i mean and it is weird and awkward but the more you try to just make it like it's not and this is what we need i'm talking to you about information again our suitcases we're ready to unpack this yeah we need to discuss it we need to understand because i would rather you know for me 
then someone or you're stuck in a situation then all of a sudden you're in a bad situation right if you're oblivious then that's I mean, if you're oblivious to what's going on in your kid's life, that's where the trouble comes in because they can end up in a really bad situation as well. And, and I don't want them afraid to talk to the people that love and care for them the most, mm-hmm. that will always have their best interest. And it may not be the answer they want to hear at the time, and it may not be the response, Or, but at the end of the day, we love and care for them the most, you know. Yeah. And that's what just try to keep reminding them. I mean, it's just hard. This is so hard. Yeah. I know. I think about like where we are now and what we're going to have to go through with the kids. I mean, you just look at Instagram and especially with girls, body image. And even as a mom, I'm looking on these Instagrams of other mothers I follow and I think, oh my gosh, they're perfect. Everything is just, their house is perfect. The lunches are perfect. All these things. I mean, that's not reality. I know. And as an adult. You have to remind yourself that. Yeah. But as a as a child you don't know that no that that's not reality you just you know so i think it's we're navigating a different time for Mm -hmm. sure and anybody out there listening like if you have some wonderful resources please send them our way so we can help other moms because none of us know like you said we're doing the best we can really and i think that's the thing is that knowing that you are doing the best you can yeah and no judging either. <laughs> like we're all. <laughs> I mean, I like to tell the story that I was, I was like, oh my gosh, that poor little child's on a leash. Well, I had to get a little leash for Anna Jane. <laughs> we lived in Fort Worth at the time. And I mean, she almost was in the monkey exhibit at the, you know, you just never know. I mean, she could unhook. She was like Houdini, could do anything. I had a little harness for, yeah. you know, with a little teddy bear on it. You just, the stages you go through and I've learned, oh, I mean, I have no idea. I haven't walked in her shoes. I don't know any of that because... I've been there, you know, right. it's different things. And just like I said, my girls are so different and we're in the same family. Everyone has all different personalities. personalities yeah. yeah. You never just, know what somebody else is going through. And so just be considerate and kind and helpful mm-hmm. when you can. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for coming thank today. Thank you so much. This was so fun. It's been fun. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Moms in the Hub podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share it on Instagram and don't forget to tag us. Have a wonderful week. Today's episode is brought to you by the Lubbock Moms Small Business Guide. Go to lbkmoms.com to see all the small businesses and remember to support local.